You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm sitting down with my friend Katie Hess. Katie is such a special person in my life. She is, I, I refer to her as a magical unicorn and she is such a dear friend to me and advisor. She is the creator and owner of Lotus Way, which is a line of delicious smelling products that have flower essences embedded in them. They are an absolute game changer. I was introduced to this product line last year by a colleague and I haven't felt the same sense. It's such a wonderful way of delivering change in your health status. That's the only way I know how to put it. I hope you'll take the time to listen to this. We do go off on tangents and talk about some deep and interesting things. Uh, Katie really brings out a side of me that maybe you haven't heard before. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. I hope you learn a lot and I hope you'll consider trying these amazing products for yourself. Not only, like I said, do they smell absolutely delicious and extravagant and um, exquisite, really do invoke a wonderful change in your overall well-being. With that, let's jump in. Have you been looking for an in-home infrared sauna? Look no further. I've done the research for you and I found the one. My sauna of choice is by Sunlighten. They've got 23 years in the business. Their quality is unmatched. They are directly involved with each unit from production, process, start to finish. Their heater quality, it's like surround sound of infrared heat. It feels delicious and not all infrared heat is the same. They've got ultra low EMFs. I know you guys ask about that a lot. It is third party tested and proven. They've got options for everyone from portable units to walk-in box saunas. You can save up to $600 off your purchase right now when you use the link in the show notes and you mention my name, Dr. Tina. I hope you enjoy your new sauna. It's the best biohacking tool I can think of for walking into winter. Welcome, Katie Hess, to the Dr. Tina Show. I'm so excited you're here. You are such a dear person to me and my heart. And you are the founder of Lotus Way uh, Flower Essence line of luxurious products, and they have changed my life. And I'm so excited you finally came on today to talk about this. Would you please introduce yourself and tell the audience a bit about yourself and how you got into flower essences? I know that's a big, probably a big long one, but you are an authority and I want you to... I want you to share that. So I've been working with flower essences for the last 20 plus years. Um, literally right as soon as I got out of college, I went, um, I traveled a lot and was really just like on the hunt. What's the thing going to be? Like, how can I help people? And I ran into this incredible expert from Spain uh, in flower essences. And he said one thing to me that just kind of changed me forever. He said, if we can get 3% of the world's population taking flower remedies, it will change the future outcome of this planet. And I thought, wow. I mean, he didn't really, he wasn't really specific about like how we were going to change the world this way. But I thought 3%, you know, like I think a lot of us want to help. And and there are so many problems. And I think a lot of us think like we feel a little he like heavy and buried under all the things that are going on. But then you think 3%, no, we can do 3%. That 3% is capable of creating this ripple effect that can literally change the future. Um, so I came back to the States after being trained in flower essences. That was in 2001, Tina. It was like the worst time to come and train. <laughs> <laughs> I was so painfully ahead of the curve. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like meditation wasn't cool. Yoga wasn't cool. 
you know, so it was really, it was a struggle at first. So I spent the first 10 years doing one-on-one consultations. At a certain point, I saw so much freaking change in people that I was like, I cannot do one-on-one anymore. I have to, like, I have to do this at scale. So then I spent the next 10 years basically teaching myself how to be an entrepreneur because I knew nothing about business, nothing. Um, And here we are. Yes, yes. Well, I was introduced to you through a, a colleague, um, Dr. Kayla Eckert, and you invited me to speak at your event last year. I think it was last December, and it was amazing. And I got to see your center, the Sand Center, which was such a beautiful building. I did not realize at the time that's where you actually manufacture and ship from. Is that right? Down in the... We manufacture everything from, yeah, downstairs. God, you guys, if you are anywhere near Phoenix, you have to visit this place. It's so great. And you've got you know, fellow colleagues making amazing chocolates and there's beautiful, I mean, the whole place, it's just magical. People have to go there. I just had my event there. It was so lovely. And so uh, for everyone listening who saw my event on Instagram, that's where we were. We were at Katie Hess's. So (laughs) this is your house, basically. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to talk about flower essences, but we're going to put it in the context of leaning into the truth because we were just talking offline and that seems to be resonating. We are in we are in dark times. I you mentioned that it's a spiritual war that we're dealing with. I completely agree. I this week has been I'm so um I don't know what the word is. I'm I guess sensitive. I'm sensitive to what's going on in the world and I feel it all the time and I feel it through every cell in my body. And I was having such a hard time dealing with it when I met you and I was introduced to your line of products and they truly saved my life. Like I have them. I've got the, like them just stacked up. There's a whole look Katie, look at my shelf behind me. I've got them the whole shelf up there is all, your whole line. I I douse myself in these every day and I've got everybody in my life on them. They have helped me kind of see through the bullshit. And I think for me, it's been able to lift a weight off of me that I was carrying that I didn't want. And it's the world's weight and I didn't want it. And it's really been helpful in releasing me from that. From that. But I think also being able to see what's real in front of me and then allowing that shift to happen without it being conscious, if that makes any sense. I don't have to sit there and like go to therapy and talk about it. I can just use the flower essences and I can shift through that. And then this week has been particularly troubling going back to the spiritual war thing, which is what I'll shut up in a minute and let you talk. Um, The whole Balenciaga thing that came out with the child pornography and the, well, you know, they're glimmers of it. But really what caught me was just the Satanism of the whole campaign, just in our face, like this direct this to me and this entire pandemic has been the light versus the dark. It's been very clear to me. I've been dealing with people at at scale on my Instagram that are genuinely that demons have come at me, you know? And so I've been trying to tell people like they want to get into the nitty gritty of it and viruses and this and that. And I'm like, no, you guys, this is just light versus dark. Like we are in a spiritual battle and we are the light bringers and there are really dark forces afoot. I don't think most humans can comprehend that real evil is happening and it's happening, it's coming down from their government and it's coming down from big pharma and they don't want to accept that that might be happening. And maybe my listeners think I'm getting too woo-woo here, but that's how I've seen it this whole time. And so this Balenciaga thing really, to me, was the first time it was in our faces, just blatantly in our faces with no apology, nobody canceling anyone, nobody stepping back, everyone saying, oh, well, they're just reconsidering their strategies. 
they're going to reconsider their advertising. And I'm like, oh my God, we've been canceling people for the past however many years for even daring to speak a word out of line, but yet this is happening. And so that, I won't belabor, but that to me is the darkness, right? Like right up in our face, on our TV, on our Instagram, on our socials. How do we lean into the truth when I feel like half the world can't even see that? (laughs) That's where I'm at. I feel like I'm living in a different reality. Yeah, well, you are living in a different reality. I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most about the last couple of years and watching our community, the people who were regularly taking flower essences. And we can talk more about what are flower essences and why are they not essential oils and what, what the heck are they actually? But the thing that surprised me the most, Tina, was in our community, the people who were on them regularly, like weaving them into their everyday lives, were not affected by the last few years. They were saying things like, mm, feels a little bit like a theater, feels like a stage, feels like a drama, feels like a, you know, I don't really relate to it. And I'm not saying that they didn't undergo challenges because we're all human and we're all undergoing challenges. I saw kind of like a, kind of like a split in terms of either you were like super scooped up into the whole narrative and that was really stressful or you weren't at all. And you had this other internal narrative, right? You had some kind of really deep family thing or dark night of the soul or extreme challenge occur in your life that had nothing to do with the world events. Um, But it was amazing to me to see people root into their own truth, into their inner voice, and to see something as simple as flower essences that comes from mother nature, be able to solidly land people in a place where they didn't have to look outside of themselves. They didn't listen to the news. They weren't concerned about external stories. They weren't even, I mean, obviously it's hard when your family goes against whatever you're up to, but it was almost like people, they were like unaffected. And so I think when you say you're living in a different reality, I think it's true. There's a lot of different realities happening at once. And not to say that, you know, we should all be living in a pink bubble because I think it's good to know the truth. I think that 2020 was a great year for people to go down rabbit holes. And did you see this movie? And did you see that film? And did you see this piece of information? Right. And to just be open because we need more critical thinkers like you. I think it's good to see, you know, the truth about things, but also like, what is your own truth and what does your inner voice tell you? And, and how wonderful that something as simple as, you know, energy from mother nature can help us really root into what is truth. Yes, that's that's a really great way to put it because that's I keep trying to explain to people, I'll hand them bottles freely. I buy so much of your stuff and just give it away. <laughs> I'm like, here, you need this. And they say, what's this for? And I'm like, you'll just feel better. You'll, you'll feel different. And they, you know, I don't have a good explanation for it. I don't get into the nitty gritty of it, but I think that it allows you to see the truth without it bothering you as much. And it allows you, like I said, to kind of shed what is not yours or not carry it around as, as heavily. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've gotten from using them. And I, I use whatever I feel like grabbing. I don't even have any rhyme or reason. Maybe we can talk about that in a minute, <laughs> how to even do this correctly. But I just grab whatever. I'm like, oh, that's pretty. <laughs> I spray it on myself. You know, and I, I try to remind myself that people don't actually need to know everything, you know, like sometimes I think a couple of years ago, I really thought like, oh my gosh, like everybody should know this. You know, there were things that I was discovering where I thought people should know this. And then I go back to like, well, 
when I first came back to the U.S., I was a crisis counselor, and I saw the underbelly of Phoenix, and I worked with the, you know, police Phoenix, or the Phoenix Police Department, and I saw things that most people would not ever see, you know, the underbelly of everything, um, and I don't think you have to see it. I don't think you have to know that to, you don't have to know kind of like the deep level of psychosis that humans can go through in order to be awake and aware in the world. But it is important to be awake and aware. And it is important to know what's right for you without being swayed, you know, by external nonsense. It's and, true. You know, without taking any particular side or angle or anything, I'm just saying, you know, for your listeners, what is true for you? That is gold. That is your truth. And to like stick with that and align with that without letting yourself be manipulated essentially by someone else or some other forces at play. How do people, the, the truth for me is so obvious. Like it, it's really obvious. It, it looks like golden ribbons coming out of somebody's mouth. I can see it. And I get this weird tingle that I just know I'm hearing truth. And the same goes for lies. I know when I'm being lied to and I, it, it's clear as day to me. There's, there's no, I, I don't care how good they are at lying. The sensation that comes over my body tells me everything. How, why can't so many people see the obvious? Like, how do we help them see the truth? And I'm not trying to say it has to be my truth. I've said from the beginning, this podcast, everything I do is the truth as I know it. I've said that from day one, but how, how do we help those who just simply are like, I'll tell them some of the things I've experienced and they're like, that's crazy. They just can't see it. Okay. So from my perspective and my experience, everything has to come from the inside out. So our whole philosophy here at Lotus Way, and, and it's not just like we're a company selling things, but there's like a whole ecosystem here. And I mean, you've seen it. You've seen my team. We walk our talk. We go through everything inside before we bring it out. And a company can only ever be, and their products can only ever be as good as the people running it at the top. So we really uh, are putting things into practice here. The way to change the world is from within. The way to change the world is inside out. I mean, it's like, you know, just as much as I do, like, you can't like go around spending all your energy and like charity and volunteering and like exhausting yourself and killing yourself and bending over backwards, uh, saving this cause and that cause. And like, at a certain point, you're like, whoa, this isn't the path, right? And you come back in and it's like, actually, no, the way to change the world is inside out. And a lot of, you know, incredible spiritual leaders like his holiness the dalai lama they'll they'll echo the same kind of similar sentiments change comes from here and and then also kind of like what a relief Whew, okay we don't have to do it all out there it's just here so if me living in my own little world and fighting my own inner demons or working with my inner demons or falling in love with my inner demons or inviting them to dinner or you know making friends with them that is directly impacting or creating this kind of ripple effect, like what I was talking about from my flower essence teacher. It's creating a ripple effect immediately, instantly, spontaneously on all the people that I'm connected to. So if you're doing meditation practice, if you're doing self-awareness practices, if you're trying to be a better person every day, if you're trying to improve, if you're taking flower essences, if you're, you know, living a righteous lifestyle with integrity and honesty um you are changing the world period you are and i think 
if I return to that philosophy with your question, how do we get people to see the truth? I think where people split is when they can't handle it. I can say from my experience that, I know I'm talking a lot. We're just going to try to get this out here. Most human beings, like, especially in our culture, we are not taught on how to cope with things. We are not taught how to cope with the death of a loved one. We're not even taught how to cope with the death of our, our pets, you know? Like to let our dogs die naturally when they are ready to die without injecting them is like something that is foreign to us, you know? We don't necessarily know how to deal with a breakup. We don't know what to do if we find our spouses cheating on us. Like all of these things that make us lose our crap. Like we don't know how to deal with it. We've never been taught like, you know, really good coping skills. We're just thrown pills maybe therapy, talking. And a lot of times talking about it just recreates it and makes it even worse. Not to mention the side effects of all the different types of other pills and substances or numbing substances or drugs or all the other kind of things out there, right? So we're in this situation of it's hard to be a human being. It is just hard. Just being a simple human being and having to live, you know, birth to death, being sick in between and all the stuff we go through is freaking hard right? It's hard to be human. And then there's this thing like we, we don't want to feel things. We want to run away from them or we want to be perfect or we, we feel like this part of ourselves, we hate it. It's ugly. We put it in the closet. Like, I don't want to look at my jealous self. I don't want to look at the self of me that's paranoid about betrayal. I don't want to look at the, the self of me that's anger, angry, right? There's like all these little parts and pieces of ourselves that we don't like. Okay. So what I'm saying is the more we can become comfortable with these inner demons of our, our own, the more we can sit with them, the more we can invite them to dinner, the more we can be gentle with them, the more sort of whole we become as human beings, the more we can open to see the truth of what's on the outside as well. Because if we're afraid to look at our own, shit, we are not going to be able to look at the shit out there. It's like a schism. There's a break in our, in ourselves. So we just have to lie to ourselves and I know I sound really extreme right now, but it, I mean, I guess, I guess you're, I mean, if people are listening to you, they're kind of used to you laying it straight up. <laughs> yeah, you're, right. you're in the right place. <laughs> but it's like, we do lie to ourselves. We do. I have lied to myself before, right? I was like, oh, I'm fine. It's okay. It's all right. Or I'll just keep doing this thing, even though it's really ugly. You know, like we do lie to ourselves when we can actually tell the truth and sit with it and just look at it and go, oh my God, it's so hard to be human. Oh my God, I'm going to tell myself the truth and here's the truth. And I'm going to like serve up truth for dinner. Then maybe we can actually see the truth of the world around us. Yeah, that's so accurate. I hadn't thought about it that way. People are not able to even speak the truth to themselves in their lives. No. So they can't see what's outside. I mean, I hadn't even considered that. No, I mean, there, there, there are people out there, you know, whose husbands are cheating them on them all the time and they're sticking around because they don't feel like they deserve better. There are people out there who are smoking weed every hour to numb out reality because they just cannot be sober and sit with what's real and, and, and everywhere in between. Right. It's like, and I say it with total compassion and understanding, like absolute, you know, I get it. 
I understand. I've had moments of that. Like I, I know that feeling. But yeah, if you can't tell yourself the truth, then how can you tell yourself the truth about anything? It's a terrible place to be too. I've been there and it's a terrible place to be. And you're absolutely right. It's kind of like, um, so I'm a clutter bug. Like I, I clutter things up and I get so busy and so overwhelmed with the things that I'm doing that I just don't see the clutter. Like I literally don't see it. It's in front of me glaring as, you know, there's a pile of something I need to deal with and I can't even see it because I, I can't go there. Like I, I'm, I got something else to do that's more important right now. Right. And I think it's similar to that. It's, but it's the world, you know, it's the world around us. It's like, I can't look at that right now. And that's so true because it's one of the frustrating things for me has been when I present the truth, like, here's the data, here's, here's what, here's some version of it. Right. And people get so offended. And I think, well, why won't you even look at it? And they're like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Right. And I get, I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to talk about this right now? Or it's like with your partner, I'll, I'll bring up a difficult conversation with my husband that I know is uncomfortable for him. And maybe it's money, maybe it's something and whatever our own things are. Right. And he doesn't want to talk about it. And he's like, I don't want to talk about this right now. I'm like, but I do. (laughs) So where do we go? Right. And I think that's happening on a global scale, perhaps. Okay, so here's what you do. Can, would you be willing to do like a, an experiment and then tell me later what you noticed? Yes. Okay, so you could take any number of flower essences to sort of like soften this experience, maybe divine within the new one. But um, if you notice that someone in your life is not wanting to hear you, whether it's like your husband or people on your list or your social media or whatever, then you're going to turn towards the next pile of clutter around you you're just going to look at it and you're going to pick it up and you're going to like bring it in I see you like I see you and and maybe you can't deal with it in the moment but just like see it because I wonder if that little bit of softening in you to see the just stinking pile of paper and I got them too on my desk I have them too (laughs) (laughs) we all have our piles (laughs) But I wonder if that would create like a, a weird little shift, you know, yeah. it's like, that, like starting with yourself first. I've kind of gotten to the point where I just don't say much, to be honest. It's so, it lands so, it doesn't matter how I try to bring it out into the world. It seems to land so. Maybe people- you just need to be it. Maybe you don't need to say anything. Yeah, right. Right. I've totally. That's so funny. I told my husband last night, I'm like, I'm just going to get in phenomenal shape and stop talking about getting in shape. <laughs> just see if somebody gets the hint. <laughs> I'm so tired of beating this drum and not, I know it's landing. I know there's a lot of people listening to this right now. It's landing. And I, I sit, I showed, I showed Katie to the listeners. I showed her this monocrop I stare at as I talk. And, um, I, I, I told a, follower this morning on a DM, I often feel like I'm speaking into the abyss. You know, I'm just sitting literally like, here's this giant monocrop. I feel like I'm speaking into the abyss. I don't even know if people are listening. I don't really keep track of my stats. So I don't know if I have one listener or 20,000 in a week. You know, I don't, I don't pay attention to that so much. And so I just sit here and speak about the things that matter and bring on cool guests like you that speak about the things that I think matter. And um, hopefully it lands, but there is that edge that I have that I can't seem to get some people to see past. And that's, 
I don't know if that's a hindrance or a strength though. You know, part of me says that's what people come for and they love it. And other people think I'm such a <laughs> Because you're direct? I think it's part of my human design. I, I think it's just part of, yeah, I think it's because I'm direct. I think I, you know, because I, I don't know how to, I think maybe I'm a little Asperger to be honest with you. I think if I were to eat really terribly and not exercise, I'd be a little bit more symptomatic, but I don't see how an objective fact is, uh, I have never seen you in all the time I've known you and watched you. I have never seen you say one unkind thing ever. Thank you. I've never seen you say anything that could remotely even like trigger anyone I know. I mean, I don't understand. Well, your people are are um, emotionally stable. <laughs> your people are, you know, have a high EQ. I think for going back to the folks who can't see the truth, when I present something that's so clearly, obviously true, and it's not true for them because they've been lying to themselves, they get very hostile. It's very interesting. Okay. There's one flower that keeps popping in, and that is the coral root orchid. Can we talk about that? Yeah. It's in the blend. I think you have it called Sacred Awareness. And it's my it, favorite. It, is that your favorite? Yeah. Okay, so check this out. There's this really funky looking polka dotted orchid in there that grows in in the forest up north in Arizona. And that flower is for when we have even just the tiniest little bit of desire to save people, convince them, help them, make them see. So what happens when you want to make people see is almost like we want it so badly, they start putting up walls and resistance. And so if, okay, so if we work with that orchid and maybe your listeners also relate, you know, like there's things like, God, I really wish my mom would stop taking statins and how do I convince her and how do I make her see that, you know, um, but the more that we have the grasping and attachment to make people see, to save them, to benefit, to help, uh, to fix, you know, it creates an obstacle. And so that flower dissolves all of that grasping inside of us so that we feel a little bit callous. We feel a little bit like, like you said, and actually sacred awareness might be working as magic on you anyway. Cause if you're starting to feel more like, I don't care, I'm just going to work out and do my thing. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to help quote unquote, help people anymore. Right. But then this crazy magical thing happens when all that attachment to wanting to help people goes away People start looking for you and start asking you for the answer because they sense that you know something and you're not trying to push it on them. So they're like, Tina, what should I do about my exercise? Tina, your butt is awesome. What do I do about my <laughs> my leg routine? What do I do about this? What do I do about that? And it, even the subtlest layers, like I remember when I first started taking that blend, I was in Miami and all of us were doing this kind of ceremony for people. And I could feel the team just like not caring if it sounded good, if it was pretty, if people liked it, like didn't care. We were not trying to help those people in that room anymore. No more helping. And I think it was the most powerful ceremony we ever did because it was just elicited zero resistance from anybody. This is making sense. Yeah, I love it. I've been feeling that. I've been using this. Well, you you gave it. Did you give this to me, the sacred awareness? Did you give this to me in Arizona a few weeks ago? Or did you, had you already sent that to me? Ooh, I might have already sent it to you. I feel like I, I feel like I've been using this one. But you, you, you texted me about it the other day and you were like, God, I love this. 
Oh man, the anointing oil. I just put it in my palms and rub my hands together and just put it in my face and breathe it in. And it's like, <laughs> it smells so good. It just, I don't know. I, it's, 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 uh, it immediately drops my head into my heart and I just feel like I'm like based in the ground. I don't know how to say it. It just immediately brings me down out of the ethers and out of the, I have a lot of yang energy in my head and I get myself wound up and it'll just bring me like, whoop. it's great. It's like a bass drum. That's, <laughs> it's like that, you know, when you drive by a car and they've got that bass and it like goes through your body, but not in the, not in the uncomfortable way. That's how that flower essence makes me feel. Okay. So let's talk about flower essences. How do they work? What's going on here? Let's talk some of the factoids. They don't have a scent. It's more like homeopathy. It's energy. Uh, studies in the UK are showing that bees are not attracted to flowers based on color or scent, like we thought, that the flowers are emitting an electrical frequency and the bees are picking up on that. There's this whole communication occurring. So what we're doing essentially is capturing that life force, that electrical energy, storing it in water, preserving it with alcohol, and then when you put it in or on your own body, it's essentially working with the same meridian system that, you know, in the Far East, they've been working with for three to 5,000 years. So if you were to project an image on the wall, your wall is the body and your subtle energy bodies are the projector. So if there's an obstruction on the screen or like, you know, at your local movie theater, if there's an obstruction on the screen, you're not going to go to the screen and try to remove it. You'll go all the way back to the projector. So in the same sense, we're going right to the root cause of why we have physical imbalances in the first place, which is it all starts in the subtle bodies, emotions, mental capacity, energy. It's in us. It's around us. It's probably up to a couple meters around us. It starts there. And that's what we're working with with flower essences. By the time it's reached the physical body, you know, it's already gone through all those layers. Now you get this like final red flag. Then you have to work with herbs and other things, exercise, diet. With flower essence, it will work right at the root cause of the subtle bodies. I love that. I love how it just goes so nicely too with uh, whatever you're doing. I use them to meditate. I use them to concentrate. I use them to get shit done. <laughs> I use them. I just, I use them so I don't lose my shit. They, they just sort of, they fit in pretty much everywhere. They're all over my house. It's funny. I keep losing bottles because I keep moving them around my, my big house. And then I have to go replace them because I'm like, where did that one go? I need two of them. <laughs> I need one in each. Literally, I have sacred body in three different rooms of my house because it's such an emergency kind of go-to. Tell me about that one. What's so many things to say about it? Rapid detox, very, very swift detox. Like think of like a car wash for your subtle bodies. Um, it actually has a lot of physical ramifications too. Like it can help you. Shit. It can help you detox chemicals, heavy metals, other influences in the environment. If you Go out shopping and you're around lots of people and you're like, oh, I just feel weird. Like, I don't feel like I'm myself. Then you can use it then. Um, it's really just like clearing and cleansing on every level imaginable. Seasonal holiday remedy right now, I guess, since everybody's out and about. I don't like peopling very much. I <laughs> Like I came home from my event. I came home from the event at your space and I slept for a week. You know, I just, I don't, 
do well peopling, even if I'm with an, that was an incredible group of people to be around and exchange energy with, but I don't do well peopling. I particularly don't like airports and hotels and, you know, crowded spaces. And so this is my go-to, the sacred body, because I, I just think of it as like the clearing of other people's energy and their immune systems. You know, we've got a, I mean, going back to that, not to get literal, but I think we've got a lot of people with a lot of busted immune systems and that's contagious. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Part of that's my opinion. Part of it's my personal experience, lived experience as somebody who, you know, how women uh, will be around other women and it will change their cycle. Yeah. My immune system responds to other people pretty, I think well, all of ours does, but mine's particularly funny and it's always done that. And it wasn't until I realized that and started actually living my life accordingly that I found robust health or more robust health, I should say, than I had prior. And when I'm peopling a lot, I am constantly ill. And I don't think it's because of infectious organisms necessarily. And I, it might be stress, it might be whatever, but I think at the end of the day, it's just too much interaction with other people's immune systems. And I think right now we're sitting in a very interesting place with that. And so I, I use sacred, sacred body to just sort of like, oh, get it off. <laughs> get it particularly here in Portland, Oregon, when I go to Portland, like everybody's so heavily vaccinated and and generally so unwell in general. And they really do look like zombies and it's terrible. It's hard to be around. It's so much different in Arizona. You guys have such a vital life force there. I love being in Arizona, but yeah, I mean, it's like we're sponges and, you know, I think like sometimes it shocks me how quickly you can feel a difference, you know, like, uh, if you start eating somebody's sourdough bread, who's really skinny, like here's has been my experience. I lose weight because I'm like taking in their microbiome and it's like, wow, just the bacteria on their hands. I was like, this is fascinating. Right. And then you spend time around people and you start talking like them, you know, like if you have like a family member with an accent, you start speaking like them pretty quickly. You start thinking like them. So when you say like your people's immune systems are contagious, it's like pretty much everything's contagious, right? We do have to choose really wisely who we spend our time with. I agree completely. And I was very careful even in my clinical practice of who I would let in. I didn't actually take care of really sickly people because I didn't have the immune system for it. I was very careful to choose people who were generally on the path already of health and just needed some tinkering, you know, and I took a lot of shit for that, but it's for that reason is that we, we take in, especially when you're putting needles into people, you're definitely getting feedback on their, everything, everything's coming, you know, traumas come get locked in the joints and in the musculoskeletal system and you hit it with a needle and it's like opening a nest of spiders. It's wild. It's so wild. I wish I'd had these in my practice at the time. We could have been clearing the space much more readily. (laughs) My flower essence teacher used to say like, name the five people you spend the most time with and that will be you. It's like, oof, okay. (laughs) It's true. And there's people I've, I found throughout this pandemic, there's people who really are living amongst people they don't jive with health-wise, emotionally. I get so many messages from people because I have such a big audience and I hear from a lot of different people, a lot of different things. And it's hard. Like they're not in alignment with their husband. They're not in alignment with their children. And they're, especially since 2020, some of these folks have woken up and their families haven't. And that's a really challenging place to be. I can't imagine. That's where the flower essence is coming because they're like the secret weapon. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to show anything. You don't need to save anyone. You just use them. Just use them. Just use them. Just use them. And then they rub off on other people. 
Oh, they must be contagious too then, right? The shift, that energetic shift is going to definitely impact and ripple out to those around you. I love this. See, this is great. Okay, so why do they smell so good? Because they're not essential oils. Uh, Well, we do use essential oils. So we have elixirs, which are just the traditional way of taking it. I mean, for thousands of years, doctors used to tell their patients, go look for this particular flower and plant and drink the dewdrops from the top of that flower every morning for your mental health. Um, so the the elixir is that kind of traditional way. It's like dew captured in a bottle. But then we have the mists and the anointing oils and the body oils, and we do add essential oils because it's so yummy and it's so luscious and it's such a great combination. And well, frankly, in the beginning, I had to because nobody wanted to take things internally. So I was like, just think it's a nice scent and then <laughs> you'll get the other benefit. <laughs> just put it on. <laughs> Just enjoy it. So the delicious scents, which are so good, by the way, they're so good. I don't even, they don't smell like essential oils. They smell like heavenly flower, just wonderfulness. Um, I mean, just the smell alone is, brings joy using them, you know? So does that, does the impact of the essential oils, because those have their own properties, does that impact the delivery of the flower essence? I think they work hand in hand. It's basically like, I mean, it's like a full on bouquet, you know, I mean, you've got, you're like working with all the senses. Flower essences by themselves are cool, but there's no sensory experience unless you're super tapped into your sixth sense, right? And then essential oils are awesome. But unless you have that like vibrancy and life force, you know, it's kind of like an outfit that doesn't have a sexy dancer in it. You know, it's just like straight lavender. Mm, great. Lavender oil. You know, it's just like <laughs> alive. So the two together are like the sexy dancer with the great outfit and smells good. <laughs> I love it. That is the perp that's the description. Oh, I love that. So how do people use these? If they were listening, my listeners probably are very intrigued and I have an affiliate link I'm going to share with them, but how does one make the the appropriate choices for what they oh my God. Yeah, are drawn it's, to? It's stinking easy. So if you, if you have the internet, you can go to our website, Lotus Way and it's wei.com. In the upper left-hand corner, there's a button for a quiz and you literally just choose the flowers you're visually most attracted to because your eyes will pull you towards what's most healing for you in the moment you can trust that then you um see what you get and then you you just like incorporate it however you will most use it if you're the kind of person that takes like herbal tinctures and supplements you might like the elixir you can just throw it in your water bottle your coffee your water your tea you don't have to you know you just drink it in your beverages easy But if you're the person that likes yummy scents or you like to put on oils or perfumes or share with the people around you, or you've got children you want to miss or your husband or whatever, then maybe you want the stuff with the scents in it. It's really just what will you use the most often? Because with the level of EMFs that we have going on right now, with just like 5G and our phones and our computers, and we're so bombarded with invisible energy right now that the more frequently we can get it in. And like you said, it's in every room in your house. Same for me, uh, because we've done live blood analysis and it is freaking insane what we're seeing. Tell me about that. Uh, Like pretty much every one of us, when we do the live blood test, 
we're seeing all of our, our red blood cells agglutinated. So they're all like stuck together and jammed together and there's no space and they can't breathe and they can't move. And, you know, that leads to higher incidence of, you know, pathogens and yeast and candida and viruses and all the yucky stuff that is in our bodies to begin with, but we don't want it to overrun us. I have a theory that a lot of us are becoming more imbalanced because of the EMFs and 5G, but that's just a theory. And we're not spending enough time in nature. But what we see is that even if you just missed yourself, I mean, it was just, just like shocking. You see it immediately. You do another blood prick and you put it up on the screen and your whole profile is completely shifted and changed. Everything releases, relaxes, there's space in between your blood cells. The pathogens um, are less empowered. Like you see less candida and less junk, you know? Uh, it's like totally shocking. I would have never expected to see such an immediate result. I would have thought like, oh, we'll do like a, a several month study and maybe we'll see it change. You see it in seconds. It's nuts. It's wild. I saw a video of that with grounding. They just took a this little old lady, they did a dark field microscopy on her red blood cells. They were all stuck together. And then she went outside and grounded for 10 minutes. I think the reason I'm guessing, but I think that this probably plays into, do you know about structured water, fourth phase water? Tell me I, more. Well, your water is actually structured in a, in a, it's not just H2O. It's actually more of like a crystalline gel structure when you're healthy. Yes. And so this is what, I did a podcast with Dr. Stephen Hussey that's uh, several episodes back that people can go listen to. We'll link up in the show notes, but he talks about it there. And, you know, the heart is a pump and we used to think, okay, the, the pump pumps and it pumps blood out of the aorta and it goes through the arterial system and then it comes back through the venous system and and the venous system return is based on your musculature which to some degree this is true but how on earth does the heart pump and get blood out to the fingertips like that it can only happen because of this fourth phase structured water it creates a vortex and it vortexes its way out there and so people that are unhealthy that are being bombarded by emfs and 5g and television and blue light and they never go outside and they never connect with nature and they don't exercise and they don't do anything healthfully and they're eating junk food their water is unstructured and i felt this in clinical practice when i you can hear me on that episode with dr hussey i was like my mind was blowing because i felt this in their tissues I would put my hands on people and I could either feel turgor. I would literally say that. Like you either have good turgor in your tissues or you don't. And I think it was because their water was either structured or it wasn't. But things that structure your water are infrared light. So sauna, infrared sauna, red light, grounding, nutritious food, exercise. I think flower essences must be on that list if that's what happened with the... Um, you know, with the the live blood cell analysis that you spoke of, like that's structuring of water happening. And Dr. Gerald Pollack, I'll put the book in the show notes too. He wrote a whole book about this. He's a researcher up at the University of Washington. So not too far from me. I want to get him on the show. But this fourth phase structured water thing is blowing my mind. And there's units you can buy to structure water. But if you just take your water, like I always have a bottle of mineral water sitting here on this open window, sunlight will structure your water. But the water in your body needs to be structured for optimal health. And people, you know, this modern life we live is, I think a lot of people are just having such terrible health issues because they're walking around with flaccid water. <laughs> 
they're just got the basic old HO2, you know, H2O, sorry. And they're not, they're not, they don't have this 3D crystalline structure to their blood, but it, it's kind of, I don't know it as well as many others. So I'm kind of talking out my butt here, but it blows my mind when I read about it. I'm like, this answers everything. I mean, my flower essence teacher talked about it 20 some years ago when he was teaching us, he said that in your body's fluids and blood, you have a crystalline structure. I mean, your, your pineal gland and your pituitary gland is basically like a giant crystals in the middle of your brain. Right. And so when you think that we are we are these living organisms that have like, when you think crystals, you think like magnification, right? So like someone comes in the room and they're really happy. And then like, we magnify that. We are these walking crystals, right? And the way my flower essence teacher used to describe it was like, and we also carry up to six to eight generations back in our family lineage of thought forms that impact this crystalline structure. There are thought forms that belong to your family lineage that maybe you don't really want. And you just want to turn the volume down on those. And then you want to turn the volume up on like, who are you really? Like, who is Katie? Who is Tina? And what's your true nature? Um, and so, I mean, if you just think, not to mention like all the external things that you you were talking about, but then your thought forms, your emotions, the stuff that you're going on in, inside. You know, Rudolf Steiner wrote about that too. Yeah. And, yeah. and the impact of injecting things into the blood and how that would impact the crystalline structure in the blood. That's huge to think about right now. Mind-blowing. I know. I know. This is why I'm, well, just totally random, but um, it kind of made me think of this. So when I do, when I was doing procedures, my whole practice was regenerative injection therapy. So I was injecting people's joints all day. And one of the big therapies I did was platelet-rich plasma. So I would extract people's blood. I would spin out the platelets. I would concentrate them down and I would re-inject them. And I would put my mojo into every syringe, like not blessing. I wouldn't say I bless them, but like I put love and light into the syringe as I walked them into the, as I handled them. And there's a study out of Italy that I found years into doing that. I did a lot of PRP. I was very busy. I had a very, I was kind of this quiet, um, very successful, quiet little niche practice over in Beaverton, Oregon, you know, just cranking out great results. And I saw this study out of Italy where they had Crohn's patients. They only had, I think, 14 patients. It was like 14 to 20 something. It was a pretty small study. And they took, they made PRP kind of crudely, honestly. They made like a crude PRP out of people's platelets, not nearly as elegantly as I did it. And then they injected the, the PRP subcutaneously into their belly fat. And they imaged their colon. They did a colonoscopy imaging before and after. And after 12 weeks, I believe it was some, you know, several months, um, their colons were completely healed because they were taking their blood out. They were concentrating it down and they were shooting it back in and it was having an immunoreactivity that was healing them. And I did something similar in my practice. I would pull their blood out, ozonate it, and then shoot it back into their butt muscle. I mean, literally like pull out five cc's of blood, ozonate it, and immediately turn around and inject it into their glute muscle. And it would change people's autoimmune health. It would change their allergic reactions. We did this with urine as well. Urine's sterile. I would ozonate urine and re-inject it. And I only did that for a few people uh, who had already come to me having received that elsewhere. They weren't it was not a procedure that I offered up for just to anybody. These were people who were under the care of someone else and just were looking for it from me. But um, it was miraculous. And I always wondered, like, what's happening there? And I wonder if there isn't some 
love, I mean, obviously there's some, like it's self-immunopreservation, but I wonder if it wasn't creating some kind of positive force in this crystalline structured water world. I don't know. Well, and it's almost, to me, it's almost like a homeopathic, it's like what the original idea of the vaccine is or was, was this very tiny amount like homeopathic that then infiltrates and impacts the whole picture, right? Yes. I don't think people understand vaccines very well. I was talking to an MD recently and they said they got very little to no training in vaccines. And then I was talking to a naturopathic colleague because I did not take first year immunology at the naturopathic school. I was in the chiropractic college at the time. They got very little to no training in vaccines as far as the details of each vaccine. But in my chiropractic training, and maybe it was just my particular professor who was amazing, by the way, Fred, Dr. Fred Colley, like such a kick-ass microbiology guy. He gave us this in-depth training on each vaccine and every vaccine is different. Some are attenuated viruses that are weakened, so much like what you just said. Some are actually like the um, tetanus, for instance, is actually a, the, it's the antibody. It's actually horse antibodies. So it's not something, I mean, yeah, if you take it beforehand, it should help your body if you get your tetanus booster, if you will, but it's also something you can get after the fact. That's why it's successful even if you haven't had a booster and you got stepped on a nail and then you go get your tetanus shot. They all work very differently is my point. Um, And I think that in some ways, introducing a small attenuated or deadened, killed off, weakened viral particulate is not such a terrible idea. I'm not a total anti-vaxxer. I don't think in all cases that's a terrible idea, but I do think right now what we're dealing with is this whole different beast. So we don't have to get into that, but I, I think it does affect your structured water in your body for sure. I'm thinking along the lines of like when people take, um, you know, beast like apis, apis, what's the B one and and homeopathy? Belladonna. I mean, it's essentially like flower essences. One of them, arsenic, lead, like you're taking such, you're not even taking the chemical constituent anymore. It's, it's like the imprint of it in water. Yep. It's the suggested energy of the substance. Yeah, absolutely. We made homeopathic remedies in naturopathic school as a you know, as an experiment one day. And it's, it sounds much like the way that you're getting your flower essences. And also how you were doing the butt muscle injections. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's using nature to heal. I don't know why that's such an odd concept for people. We've lost, we've really lost our way. I think that's the other reason I love your product so much because it reminds me that I'm human. I love, I'm not a big hippie. Like I don't go out hiking and like commune with the plants that often. And I probably stay inside too much because I live in such a gray, cold place. But um, I do absolutely believe that we are just fancy mammals and we've lost that as humans. I have no idea how humans think they can sit in a box all day under fluorescent lights, eating refined garbage poisoning themselves, never moving, never going outside, sucking down high fructose corn syrup. Everything they put in their body is coming out of basically a laboratory and or a factory. And then they get pissed off that, or they're shocked that some kind of illness might take them down. It's so weird to me because I'm like, we're just fancy mammals with opposable thumbs, yo. 
Like we're supposed to, I was hiking in Arizona the day before my event and I have recently, as I've gotten older, started to get a little bit of a, a weird vertigo with heights. It's a, it's a new thing. And I, from what I understand, it's not uncommon actually, as people age, sometimes they just start to have troubles with heights. And I was with Carrington, my assistant, and she said, put your hands, we were up like hiking up a big, you know, hill. She said, just put your hands on the mountain. So I squatted down and just put my hands on the rocks and I turned around so that I could regulate my vision on the horizon and just kind of take in how I was up pretty high. And I just had to like take it in for a second, let my brain recalibrate, let my eyes recalibrate. I was totally good. So every single time I started to get the weird vertigo, I just squatted down and put my hands on the rocks. And I'm, she's like, let the rock ground you, you know? So it's, it's this kind of thing that we speak of. And I, I, I only say this because it brings me back to flower essences again. It's like, the, no, these are not the solution and cure for everything and anything. But the more we harmonize with being a human being in a natural world and natural order, I think the better off we're going to be in the end. And like you said, we don't always have time to be out in nature. You know, we, we, we are indoors a lot. We are on computers a lot. That's how we're running our businesses. And so this is a way that you can bring nature in. You know, if you've ever like When's the last time you like made love outside, you know, like in the grass, under the trees, next to a river, like there is something to be said about being able to absorb all those energies. And if you, if, if you know, if we're not able to go out into nature, then we should bring it in, bring it into our offices, bring it into every room, bring it into every drink that we drink so that it's as if we're out in the river or in the rainforest or jungle or wherever, that's awesome. That's a great way to think of it. Yeah. So we should keep these in all the rooms of the house. <laughs> I have made love outside recently because I live on 40 acres and it's amazing. <laughs> so different, right? Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Well, it's just amazing. It's like working out outside. I don't think people realize like when you work out outside in the sun, we have data that your testosterone skyrockets compared to when you do it inside. It's a whole different world. So anytime you can be physical outside is a good day. And the trees and the grass and the earth, everything is like stripping you of toxins. It's purifying your body. It's like this incredible, you know, I mean, talk about making love. I mean, you know, I say it, we say it like meaning partnership, but there is this totally intimate relationship that we have that we all forget about. And that is we breathe the plant's air and they breathe our air. Like it's such an intimate relationship and we forget that all the time, right? I mean, that's like (laughs) CPR happening all the time and we're just like not, not in tune with it. We forget about it. It's so weird when I see the kind of the new age environmentalism movement which is so different from the way that you and I probably saw it back. You know, the way we're talking right now is like, you know, people, when I was a teenager, if I was listening to this, I'd be like, oh, you guys are hippies. But the new environmental movement of like burning trees to make reusable or renewable energy. It's so weird. Like it's such a weird dichotomy. They want us to eat bugs and not have cows grazing and regenerative agriculture. Like we've gone so far wrong as humans. I just want to take everybody to the beach. You know, I just want to take, I'm like, let's just all go, let's take all the world leaders and go to the beach and like get sun and work out and surf and be in the water and get the negative ions. And then you go back to your panels and your collaborations and you plan out your world domination. I mean, I think that's kind of, I I think it's a great idea. And I think that's also kind of where the problem is. The root cause is like, I'll never forget the day that my spiritual teacher said to me, 
you know, I think I had been talking about like sustainability, you know, we're going to like the spa, whatever, and they have sustainability, whatever. And he was like, that's a joke. Like humans think that they can save this planet, but humans can't save the planet. Only trees can save this planet. Only trees. And I thought, oh, wow, that's like a really kind of a radical way of looking at it. It's like, you know, we're running ourselves in circles and we don't really, we're, you know, we're doing things to impact the earth, but we don't even recognize that we're actually not the solution. The, tr the trees are the really the only solution. I see so many people buying Tesla cars and I'm like, oh, this is really unfortunate because you're, you know, there's this whole promotion of an idea of saving the planet. And, and there are so many opposites happening right now. What happens to those batteries? What happens to the Tesla batteries? They don't last forever. And they go right into the earth. They go right into the water table. Those electric cars will destroy the water table of this earth. And yet it's like the trendy thing to do. You know, so it's like, how do we, again, it just kind of comes back to how do we work with mother nature in a way that is rooted in our own truth and rooted in a sense of truth of the earth, which can sometimes be beyond what the mental mind can intellectualize. We may not have the answers, right? And sometimes we have to live in the question, you know, like I remember, you know, another thing too, Tina, you might find this interesting. One of my teachers said, where have you been in the world where there's the most pollution? I'll share where I've been. You share where you've been. Mexico City. Mm -hmm. I've Mexico. been there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get there, you fly in, your eyes start to hurt, your boogers are black within like 30 minutes. It's terrible. And he said, okay, so remember when you were in Mexico City, was it lush or was it dry and barren? It was lush. There's like trees and flowers everywhere, even in the city. It's not a desert. It's lush. Okay, so he said then, what does that mean that the exhaust coming from all these like weird trucks and cars and stuff, it's not good for humans, but it's good for plants. It's essentially like the earth breaks down all this plant material, creates fossil fuels, and then when they burn, it's like incense. And the plants can actually take that in. And I was wow. like, whoa, that's mind-blowing. That's like, what if that's, you know, what if that's true? And what if this whole story that has been being told is actually not true? I'm not saying it is or it isn't. But I think that there's merit to asking more questions and living more in the question versus like thinking we have it all figured out. Because yeah. I think that's where we fall into danger, right? Is when like this whole kind of propaganda sweeps through our culture and says, this is the only way. <laughs> and then it's not true. What do you think about that? No, I, I agree. I, that, that's, and what he said about the trees, that makes complete sense. I'm a biologist, so that makes, yeah, that absolutely resonates. I think that, I think that, I think that the pharmaceutical industry has done a number on people and really given, come across, and uh, how do I say this? They're playing on people's daddy complexes. They, it's a form of saviorism. It's a belief in a false idol. They, we, humans have gotten so far off the path of, I keep going back to natural order. I say that a lot in my posts and in my writing. It's like, we're, we busted natural order. We're busting, we're trying to bust, humans are busting natural order, trying to save themselves and it's not going to work. Mother nature will always clap back, right? It's always, 
it's going to come back. And so uh, an example is a few years ago, I forgot what was going on. There was some kind of like upheaval on the East Coast. I forget what. And then all of a sudden a storm happened and Boston got blanketed in snow and everything just shut down. And I was like, ha, Mother Nature claps back, right? Like when things get too volatile, Mother Nature comes in. Sometimes it's in the form of tsunamis or whatever. Mother Nature comes, does her thing. She always wins. And I think humans have tried to somehow, well, not even tried. They think they can control it and they can't. They can't control any of it. And then they have been poisoned with the food supply and all the the toxins in the environment. I mean, we live in a toxic soup and then they think, oh my goodness, what shall I do? I don't know what to do. I'm going to take the, all the vaccines and take all the pharmaceuticals and take all the pills and I'm going to eat all of the you know processed food. And they don't have any concept that that's the cycle, right? That's just the cycle to stay trapped in. And it's so easy just to step outside of it by making different choices, communing with nature. And like you said, bring it inside, use flower essences, bring flowers into your house, have pets. You know, this is why I have pets. Like it's, it's keeps me closer to nature. She comes in having rolled all over outside and her microbiome impacts my microbiome, right? Like this is how we do it. And so, and I feel like I can talk to, I mean, I don't feel like I, I, I can talk to animals. So I talk to animals. That's how I commune with nature. And I, I see these environmentalists so often talking about the land, but very rarely do they talk about other species and our symbiotic relationship with other species. That's where we really need to be looking. But my point with all of this is the humans that are locked into a city can't see past the four walls of the box. They go from box to box to box to box with artificial light in every single box, including their car. And they can't see past that. And they think that somehow outside of outside of this, that big pharma and big conglomerates, big agriculture is going to save the day. And it's just the furthest thing from the truth. And I think you're right in that. I mean, if, if we could just get those folks to like a, a week-long camp, <laughs> like remember sixth grade camp where we'd all go in sixth grade. And for, for many of us, it was the first time anybody had ever been out in nature. Like if we could just get the leaders of the world to go to camp for a week, I think we would start to see changes because... Well, and I'm not even the leaders because we are the leaders. I mean, that's that's what you're saying is we're outsourcing our power. Yeah, the only, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and you're saying it eloquently, which is your hero is you. You are your hero. Like if every one of us actually got that on the deepest level, like the only hero for me is me. I am my own hero. Like it's not in... Like you said, it's not in the big conglomerates, it's not in the political leaders, it's not in our lovers, it's not in our partners. We're the ones. We're the ones. Like we are the ones who can save the day. We are the superheroes. And the only way to make that work is to learn to trust your instincts. And the only way to get your instincts to turn on is to connect with nature. Boom. Bingo. That's it. That's the message. And if you can get out into nature, bring it in with flower remedies. <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to share how I use them and then I want to uh, have you share how, where people can find you. So I meditate for a few minutes. I'm not very good at it, but I, I don't judge myself. I'm just, I tend to either fall asleep or kind of start thinking about other things. So I just give myself grace and I do it for as long as my brain will stay there. And I see colors. I envision my 
heart dropping into, or my head dropping into my heart and then a color appears. And then I go and that's the color I use for the rest of the day because your bottles, most of them have beautiful colors. And so that's how I, I don't know, is there, I wanted to ask you while you're here, is that, was there any rhyme or reason to the color palette that you chose on these bottles? Because they always seem to be the right thing for me when I, yeah, when I get absolutely. the hit. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's rhyme and reason. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I will see like the most beautiful violet color and it's a very particular color. And then I go to the shelf and there it is in a, on one of your remedies. It's crazy. It's like you nailed the color that it's, I don't know. So yeah, you're obviously got some tapped in mojo there, Katie. You're, you're like a magical unicorn for people who don't know you. I tell people that I'm like, Katie Hess is a magical creature. Um, okay. And then the other way that I use them as far as, so there's a spray, there's a small spray. I have a small spray in all of them because I travel with those or I keep them in my bags. There's the elixir and then there's the anointing oil. And I actually just use them based on the anointing oil and the serum. Is it just one's more concentrated? Yeah, the anointing oil is more like a perfumery dilution and the serum is more like a body oil. Okay, so I use them based on what I think I need for strength. So if I really need it, I use the anointing oil. And if I just want to kind of smear myself in a protective boundary of it, I use the serum. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm using them correctly. You never gave me any instructions, which I think was kind of the point. Like you just say, use them liberally and go for it and you'll figure it out. Although I did try to put your elixir on my body at one point. Oh, that's a little sticky. <laughs> you have to have your husband lick it off. Because <laughs> that's in a honey base, right? Oh, t- so tell me about the honey real quick and then I'll, I, I won't keep you all day. I, I'm interested in where you source this and the energy behind it. Yeah, we get our honey from Brazil. It's a um, really special supplier. They have a variety of many different honeys um, from all over in different parts of Brazil. And they, it's so beautiful because they'll tell you like, you know, for this variety of honey, the bees were in this elevation and they drank from these particular types of plants and flowers. And honestly, what we did, we knew we wanted to work with that company because the supplier is like just awesome. Um, and then it was like, well, which one do we want? Like the coastal, you know, or the mountainous or rainforest or what kind of honeybees do we want? So we just put out the honey jars and the door downstairs just happened to be open because we had some workers coming in and out. And of course, I mean, like magic would have it when we sat down to, to choose and to do the honey tasting and choose which one we were going to use a bee flew into the office. And just landed on the honey and sat there for like a whole minute. And we were like, done. The bee chose. <laughs> That's <gonna> one. <laughs> we're not even going to vote. We're just going to pick the one the bee, the bee drank. Oh, I love that. I remember you sharing that story before. And I thought that was so amazing. I love it. I love it. Okay. This is all good. The, I have had my questions answered that I have been wondering and wanting to pick your brain on. Um, where can people find you? I'm going to share my affiliate link and I'm going to share the discount code in the show notes, but I know that you have, you're kind of all over. So where can people find more about you? Yeah, Online on Instagram, you can call us, you can email us. Um, we have a whole team of people that loves connecting people with flowers and what, you know, what to take and where, where to go from here. What's a healing crisis? What will you feel? What will happen to you? Like all of those things are such um, a joy to answer. And you can come to Phoenix and come to the Self-Rising Nature Center. That website is sancenterphx.com. You can book appointments. We have an acupuncturist here. We have lots of visiting practitioners come in every quarter. Um, So yeah, come and visit us in Phoenix. 
Love it. It's such a great place, you guys. You absolutely have to go there if you're anywhere near Phoenix. It's it's like the what what's I say the quote that's on the front door. Leave your evil thoughts behind. Yes. <laughs> you that's the first thing I saw when I walked up. I was like, perfect. Well, dear Katie, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I always love connecting with you and talking with you, and I always feel better after the the interaction. So I appreciate you so much, and I'm so glad that I met you and got to become friends with you. Mm, you're such a joy to be around. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A, and Dr. Tina 2.0 as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugarty. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is, well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skin care, household cleaning, you name it and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.